Welcome, everyone. Welcome to our uh, live webcast. I've got Mr. Rod McNair and Mr. Jim Meredith here with me, uh, two of my friends and fellow ministers. Uh, looking forward to today's conversation. Thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate uh, those of you who are turning in on a regular basis. want to remind everybody that uh, we would love for you to share the Facebook link with your friends uh, so that more people are aware of the show. So again, welcome to the, uh, the live Facebook show. We're going to go for 30, 35 minutes and uh, talk about some news items in light of the Bible. We hope that it's a stimulating conversation. want you all to ask questions on Facebook as well. Uh, if you have a question or a comment, please go to our Facebook page and just ask the question there. Of course, as always, these will be made available for replay afterward on our YouTube channel and our tomorrowsworld.org website. <clears throat> Mr. McNair and Mr. Jim Meredith, did you enjoy Fourth of July, get a chance to light some fireworks? You were traveling, weren't you? Well, I drove back from Knoxville from my wife's parents on, on the 4th, so we beat the traffic and we got back. We were back in Charlotte for the, the, that night, so saw a few fireworks from our home there. Good, good. How about you, Mr. McNair? Do anything <laughs> We We fun? didn't blow up anything, but we heard a lot of them all over, uh, all over in every direction, so it's pretty exciting. The, the, the key is just don't, uh, <clears throat> just don't injure yourself, right? I right, think that's, that's right. the, big, uh, the big goal here. Or burn somebody's house or down. Or burn somebody's house down, <laughs> or, or exactly. So in, in the United States, we just finished uh, with July 4th, uh, which is the American independence, or as our British friends would call it, the American Revolution, depending on which side of the pond uh, you live. So we want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the United States today, uh, take a, a look at uh, maybe what the Founding Fathers uh, believed, uh, some of the principles that used to be subscribed to in the United States uh, in decades and centuries past. And I think we'll start kind of with a, 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 an easy question, maybe, and we'll get into some details, some more specifics as we get into the program. But America, in a lot of ways, is, 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 is still a leader in the world. But in some ways, we're a leader in the wrong way. Uh, we're a leader um, in promoting and producing things that are, are, are frankly wrong, ungodly, whether it's through media, new, uh, movies, so forth. But the Founding Fathers, way back when, uh, you know, they, they had a different set of, of, of principles, and were they all uh, converted Christians? Did they all understand everything about the Bible? We can touch on some of that, but, um, but no, they didn't. But I think to begin the program, since July 4th was just something we, we acknowledged, uh, what did the Founding Fathers think about the Bible, about God, about Christianity? What were some of the things that were more commonplace 200, 250 years ago that maybe today we take for granted that have changed and, and changed in the wrong direction. You know, I <clears throat> I think even just in our current Tomorrow's World magazine um, that just came out just recently here, it talks a lot about that. It talks a lot about what our uh, founding fathers believed and and what they ascribed to uh, to God. Doctor Winnell wrote this article, Miracles of the American Revolution and a number of great quotes in, in, in key places and times in the revolution about how they, the, the, the leaders, uh, George Washington as well as others, clearly ascribe deliverance to God. For example, here is one quote, we have abundant reasons to thank providence for its many favorable interpositions in our behalf. It has at times been my only dependence for all other resources seemed to have failed us. All the, all the odds were against them, 
uh, to the colonials in the in the war, and yet they they just at the right time at just the right time God intervened. The the weather uh, seemed to work out a certain way, and and so it was. Uh, they they just seemed to have a a deep respect for God and the Bible, in uh, in a way that we don't we don't today. Well, that's absolutely true. Um, you know, as much as some people today want to say, well, you know, they weren't Christians and they weren't this and they weren't that, the reality of it is this was, and I'll say was because that's really the correct term, this was a Christian nation. Our last president said, we are no longer a Christian nation. We're a Muslim nation. We're a Hindu nation. We're a Buddhist nation. We're a this, we're a that. Well, that may be true of today's society because of the direction our country has gone, and that isn't necessarily for the good. This country was founded on biblical Christian principles, and even when you look back to the Declaration of Independence, I'll just read the first uh, verse of it here, uh, say the first sentence where it says, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bounds which have connected them to another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the, cause, the causes which impel them to separation. So right there in the very first sentence, they acknowledge nature's God. Well, what is nature's God? Well, I think most of us know that nature's God was Jesus Christ, the creator, the word. He created the earth, and it was at the word of God and God's command, God the Father, that he created it. And we have acknowledged that throughout our history up until recent times when things have changed drastically. Um, I just did a little research and grabbed a couple quotes, um, and anybody can hop online and, and uh, you know, find similar quotes, but whether it was Benjamin Franklin uh, or whether it was Alexander Hamilton or John Hancock, uh, the founding fathers, most of them did believe in, in God, and, and when, when we talk about them believing in God, it was the God of the Bible, Judeo-Christian God. Uh, now, some of them were deists, and some of them did not believe in, uh, in, in, in that, that some of them were deists, and we, I want to get into a deep conversation about their, their religion, but let me read a couple, a couple quotes here. Benjamin Franklin, signer of the Declaration of, uh, of Independence, signer of the Constitution, uh, he, <clears throat> he wrote that, as to Jesus of Nazareth, my opinion uh, of whom you particularly desire, I think the system of morals and his religion, as he left them to us, is the best the world has ever seen or is likely to see. Samuel Adams, Samuel Adams, also a signer of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, uh, said a number of times that he relied on Jesus Christ as a, an atonement and as the Savior to, you know, through his blood to pardon him and forgive him for his sins, and had that concept of, of God and Jesus Christ as Savior and of sin. One more, John Adams, uh, I've examined all religions, and the result is that the Bible is the best book, or I believe the Bible is the best book in the world. So, <clears throat> you know, we do have uh, politicians that will mention God nowadays, and I, I appreciate when they do. Uh, our current president has a couple times, and I, I, you know, frankly, I appreciate that. But the notion of sin, the notion of sin, ha I haven't heard a president, Republican or Democrat, for quite a long time, uh, use words like Benjamin Franklin or John Quincy Adams talking about Jesus Christ as their Savior and hoping that he, you know, that he f uh, pays for their sins. And then if we get later into the program regarding what some sin is, 
uh, which we, we will talk about that. I, there's a lot of sins happening in the, in the country today that I think the founding fathers would have, there'd be another revolution. Uh, any comments on, and it's not really a question, but any comments on that? <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I think, I think it's important to, to understand too, and as we talk about this, that there, there was, as you mentioned, there was a wide variety of beliefs that the founding fathers, that, that people at that time held. Um, for example, Thomas Jefferson uh, denied the divinity of Christ and didn't believe in the miracles of Christ. And um, so it, it's sort of an error to assume they all believed everything in the Bible, and we're not, you know, proposing that. The point is they had a tremendous respect for the Bible. Um, even the, the, the fact that they, you know, why is our president sworn in and the vice president sworn in with their hand on the Bible? Uh, why, where did that come from? You know, why are people sworn in in, in a court of law uh, with their hand on the Bible? Clearly, there was a very different uh, respect and, and, you know, looking at where did, where did we come from, uh, who owns us, uh, whether or not they had all truth and understood and, and practice everything. Um, clearly, their, their foundation of, of, to the degree they understood, uh, by and large, was so different than it is today. Uh, as you said, we're, we, we have lost so much in just in the last, even in a few decades, in terms of respect for the Bible and, and respect for God in that way. We have. This country has definitely turned away from the God that they put on our money. You take out one of your bills or your coins, and what does it say on it? In God we trust. And this nation does not any longer trust in God. And the, the reason that we are a nation, the nation that we are, is because of the blessings of God. As Mr. McNair pointed out earlier, that when we went up against the British in the war for independence, we were outmanned, we were outgunned, we were outgeneraled, we were out of everything. We should not have won. If the odds makers in Vegas had been given odds on it, it would have been a thousand to one or a million to one long shot that we would have won. But only for the grace of God are we a nation today. But that's only because God promised it to his servant, Abraham. He promised that he would make of him a great nation and many nations. And we are part of the inheritance of that was promised to Abraham through his son Isaac and then on down through Jacob. And then Jacob's two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, are, as we understand it today, part of the lost ten tribes of Israel. And we are... Ephraim, the United Kingdom, or England, as I easily remember, Ephraim in England, and Manasseh, the United States of America. Those are the promises that were given in Genesis 48 to those two children who eventually became these nations that we are today. And we have not appreciated the blessings that we've been given, and therefore our nation are turning against God, and the blessings are going to come to an end. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. It's interesting how uh, we can easily think as Americans that, well, uh, we just were, you know, had more ingenuity, we just had more pluck, whatever it was, we had better luck. But really the, the war for independence was Englishmen against Englishmen. And it's interesting even how the, we're talking about government here, it's interesting how even our system of government is based on what? the Magna Carta. 
how back what in the 1200s or or so the the english at that time actually in in enshrined it in law that there would be equality before the law uh, the king was subject to the same laws as the people where does that come from you know leviticus 24 talks about you shall have the same law for the son of uh, the nation as for a stranger and so uh, as you said, it, it wasn't because Americans were better than Brits. It was clearly just time for those blessings to, to pass and, and to, for a separate nation to come because of God's blessing for Abraham and his descendants. Yeah. What, what we saw was a feud between two brothers. I've <laughs> right. got a brother, and we had fights when we were growing up. We get along better today, but, um, you know, <laughs> we had fights. Well, we had two brothers here, Ephraim and Manasseh. And they didn't agree. And you can go through all of the history of the disagreements and were they legitimate or not, doesn't matter. When it comes to brothers, they fight because, well, it's fun. And uh, it was part of God's plan. But if you're interested in reading and hearing more about that, you should get our booklet, The United States and Great Britain in Prophecy. This gives you a lot more insight on what we're talking about today because uh, this is something that most of the world doesn't understand is the identity of the lost 10 tribes of Israel and where they are today. You, can I just yeah. jump in one more thing? I think it's also important to, to think about how it wasn't just um, religion itself. It wasn't just Christianity, if we can use that overall broad term. Because originally in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, there was a certain version of Christianity that was very oppressive to some people, and they had to flee to Rhode Island. And actually, the, the, the whole idea of freedom to worship uh, God as, as we are led by our conscience, that came out of that tradition from Rhode Island, which is more what our, our model has been. And so for Sabbath keepers, for those who are not uh, you know, in, the, in the mainstream, that's been crucial for them to be able to worship God uh, as God leads them, as their conscience uh, guides them, to not be persecuted beyond which you know some were persecuted over uh, for uh, in our history. But uh, that that's been really religious freedom to worship God as we see fit. And re religious freedom, but the underlying uh, uh, assumption was Christianity. Right. Right. It was Christianity. Right. And, um, you know, the Founding Fathers believed in, in the Bible, and, and they, they interpreted it different ways. We had Bibles in our schools in the 17, late 1700s, 1800s, 19, up through the 1940s, 1950s. Um, I, there, Florida uh, passed a law that required Bible reading in the public schools in 1925. Um, it was not until the the 60s and 70s, when it's 62, uh, when the Supreme Court ruled that children may not recite a, uh, a prayer in, in public schools. Um, it was in 65 when the Supreme Court ruled that a child can pray si silently as long as they don't move their lips. You know, and so what was under attack then? It was, it was, it was Christianity. Let's, let's not make any mistake. It wasn't Islam back then in the 40s and 50s or Buddhism. No. Uh, it was Christianity. Uh, one more uh, stat here. 1980, the Supreme Court ruled the Ten Commandments could not be posted in classrooms because, quote, a child might read them, reflect on them, and obey them. Wouldn't that be awful? Right. Oh, 
That's heaven right. forbid, so to speak. I mean, the, the reality is that this nation has turned away from the true God, but has turned away from even modern Christianity so far that, uh, you know, we're, we're under attack is the reality of it. I just happened to notice on my Fox News app on my phone shortly before the program here an, an article about a praying nun, a nun that was praying where? On the street? No. She was playing, praying in a Catholic church, and she was harassed for praying by someone who, because how dare you pray to your God, and I have to see you do it. Wow. I mean, it, where are we going? Well, it kind of reminds you of, uh, mm. that's first I heard that, but it reminds you of Daniel, right? When he, you know, Nebuchadnezzar said, you know, if you pray, we're going to, you know, we're going to kill you, and he, uh, he, he prayed. So let's yeah. keep going. Um, good conversation. <clears throat> want to ask people to, uh, to share the link. A couple news items that caught my attention. Uh, Donald Trump, uh, President Trump, is in Europe. I think he's in Poland uh, now or today or just, was. Just got to Germany a just, little while oh, just, ago. Okay. And so <clears throat> from a few hours ago, there was a BBC article, uh, and the headline was that Trump says Western civilization is, is at stake. He's going to, to, to pitch that Western civilization is at stake. And apparently he was going to make that, uh, that claim in, in, in Warsaw. Um, and here at the same time, we have in Turkey, and this is a, a few days old, Turkey um, is removing evolution from their, their curriculum officially. Now, what do these two news headlines uh, have in common? Well, a lot of people may not, may not connect them, but I connect them. I connect them. Uh, is President Trump right that Western civilization is, is, is at risk? Uh, I think for a number of reasons it is. Uh, we've just talked a little bit about how America, Western civilization is moving away from God, moving away from accepting that there's a God, uh, let alone, you know, a God that they have to obey. And yet here we have other nations, you know, uh, Turkey, uh, which is banning evolution in, in, the, uh, in, in, uh, in the classroom. It's interesting because Mr. McNair is somewhat famous here because he uh, did a telecast, you know where I'm going with this, mm -hmm. and it was, uh, it'll, it'll come out, I forget when it's going to air, but it's on Dunkirk. And there's a movie coming out about Dunkirk, and one of the points Mr. McNair was making in the telecast is how God used the weather to help uh, save how many, uh, 400, 300,000? 300,000 300, uh, Brits and allied military uh, to, to help them evacuate uh, <clears throat> and to, to make it back to England at the beginning of World War II. And just because he referenced the fact that God intervened, we've had some TV stations that have said, well, we're not going to air that. We're going to air that. So here you have Donald Trump saying Western civilization is, is in jeopardy. Um, and we have Mr. McNair's telecast being uh, rejected because we're even mentioning God. And I guess that leads to kind of the next set of questions I want to talk about, which is the, 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 the health of our, of our nation. You know, is Western civilization, is the United States in jeopardy? The health of our nation. We were preparing for the show and we did some research on things like uh, abortion rates and, and drug use and, and um, uh, divorce, things like that. But <clears throat> is our nation um, on, metaphorically, on life support? Uh, both physically as well as, of course, spiritually. You know, we talked about the spiritual aspect uh, just previously here and, and where the nation is going, and it's turned away from God and doesn't want to hear about God. But uh, when you look at the hospitals, they're overflowing. 
Any of you been to the hospital recently? Did you just walk in the door and they took you right to a room and a doctor came and saw you and they took care of you and you were in and out in an hour and all was good? Uh, you don't think so. Uh, what's the reality of? You go to a hospital, you're there for hours and hours and hours and hours and, and potentially days because they don't have time and people to run all the tests that the doctors want to run on you. Uh, we have a sick nation and uh, unfortunately this nation has decided that there is no God for the most part and therefore to look to God for intervention and for healing is not something that they even really understand or are or, or cognitive of there is such a thing and um, you know it, it's it's a sad it's a sad world we live in but God does heal and uh, you know I'm not here to give a sermon on this but we have a booklet on it does God heal today and I can tell you unequivocally, yes, he does, because I've seen it happen in my life, as I'm sure my co-hosts here today have as well. God is real, but if you ignore him and you decide to go your own way, he's not going to heal you. And so we have a nation that needs to realize that, you know, you reap what you sow. And if you eat well and exercise and take care of yourself, you're probably going to stay fairly healthy. But if you don't, you're going to be sick, and that's what we're seeing increasingly more and more. The obesity level in this country is beyond belief. I travel a lot for my work, and I'm in airports all over the country, and I cannot believe the amount of obesity that I see all over this country. Talking a little bit about, let me jump in here, Mr. McNair, and I know you wanted to make a comment, but uh, talking about drug use and uh, legal and illegal, but I'm going to focus on prescription drug use a little bit here. Um, from 2000 to 2015, more than a half million people died from drug overdoses. 91 Americans die every day from an opioid overdose. So that'd be largely, uh, you know, illegal drugs. According to data from the DEA, the amount of heroin seized each year at the border of the United States, southwest border, is approximately 500 kilograms, uh, uh, and that's quadrupled um, in recent years. Uh, 2.8 billion drugs are ordered. Um, uh, every year, that'd be about eight drugs per person. 74% uh, last statistic, 74.2% of physician office visits result in some sort of drug therapy. Percent of, the percent of persons using at least one prescription drug in the past 30 days is, is almost 50%, 48.9%. Um, are are there cause and effect? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, I'm just, this, this, I'm just continuing with what exactly you said. But you know, absolutely. Is, 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 so when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, uh, did, is this what He had in mind? He had a pharmacy over in one right. corner. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you know, we're obviously not <laughs> making light of people that, that have right. health problems. But are there cause and effect? Why? Why the the why so many health problems? Why so many emotional problems? Right. You know, again, it, like like on every one of these programs, we come back to, you know, God is not mocked. What we sow, we will reap. Uh, he talks about that. Um, when we talk about uh, drug overdose, when we talk about addictions, what we're really talking about is that there needs to be a profound change in people's relationship with God. That's what they're searching for. You know, those who are addicted, those who are, are seeking to escape from the pains of life, what's the answer? Well, the answer is, is establishing a relationship with God that maybe they never had uh, ever. And, and they're not able to, to function in life. They're not able to 
process the, the pain and normal ups and downs of life. Um, or maybe we're just talking about the, uh, you know, looking to the medical field to heal us. Well, as you said, God heals. God, there is a real God, a real creator uh, who really does care about his people and, and his creation. Uh, James chapter 5 talks about, is any sick? Call the elders of the church, and they'll pray over him, and, and they will anoint him in the name of the Lord, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. There, there are real answers, but it takes someone having, having uh, the faith to step out and, and ask for it. I recall one of our uh, a good friend in overseas, before he ever had a really close relationship to God, um, he, his daughter was very sick and she was about to die. And he was a fisherman, and he one night just laid, you know, knelt down by the sea, and he said, he started praying, and he said, you know, Jesus, if you are real, and if you, God, are the one who, who went around on earth and healed people, then please heal my daughter. And if you do, I will commit my life to you. And he healed, God healed that daughter and changed his life and, and made a, a huge difference in his life. And he wound up being someone who, who was a, a follower and faithful uh, you know, Christian for the rest of his life. So they're absolutely right. There are, there are real consequences to our choices, and there are real answers, which unfortunately so many are not looking for. Let me throw a question at you both, because this may be something that some of our audience doesn't just doesn't know. They may not have been told this in their, in their churches if they go to church. Um, Jesus Christ sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ sacrifice. Uh, let's talk about that just briefly in, in, in the context of healing. Because a lot of people may not know or have thought about uh, that there's really two parts to that sacrifice. You gentlemen want to touch on that? Absolutely. You know, uh, most people understand that Jesus came and he lived and died and he died for our sins that they might be forgiven. But the other part of that sacrifice was that before he died, he was scourged, he was beaten, beaten to a bloody pulp, as we would say in today's terminology. And it is very clear in God's word that it says that it is by those stripes that he suffered that we are healed. And we're healed because we're sick. And we have to, in essence, believe in that sacrifice and ask God for forgiveness for our sins, for, for what we've done wrong, and repent of those sins and change. And that's what repent means, is to change. And it, but if we're not willing to do that, is God going to heal you? If you just keep going out and doing the same thing over and over and over again? I mean, really, think about it. Uh, you know, the Apostle Paul said what? He said, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is where, it is the, our body is within which God's Holy Spirit dwells, and he expects us to take care of these temples. And yet, because as we heard the statistics earlier about all the drugs that people take, well, it's a whole lot easier to take a drug than it is to eat a good diet. You know, I grew up for most of my life in construction, and, uh, you know, was around a lot of different people, and I used to belong to a country club out in California, and a lot of guys out there had a lot of health problems. A number of them were diabetics, but yet they would eat 
and drink as much of whatever they wanted to eat and drink. And I'm like, really, should you be eating that? And it's like, well, I'll just take an, you know, a few more, a few more sh- uh, whatever they call it on the, on the shots that they take there. Uh, insulin? Yeah, insulin, but they're, they're points. It's, you get so many oh, points right, or whatever. Right. But, you know, it, it's like it's a whole lot easier to just be able to eat and drink like a glutton and just take a shot and it's all over with and it's all okay. And, you know, that's not what God expects us to do. And it doesn't matter whether it's Obamacare or Obamacare is repealed and we have Trump care or whatever you want to call it. That isn't going to heal you. That's just there to, in essence, fix the problems as best that they can. Only God can heal. And, but, but he expects us to do our part and to not be, you know, he talked about taking a bunch of drugs and stuff. Once again, uh, the, the multi-billion dollar industry that it is of illegal, illicit drugs. And what's, what's the fix for that? Oh, let's legalize marijuana. Sound good, guys? I mean, really, 29 of our states have already legalized marijuana in some form or another, whether only medical or whether for medical and recreation or whatever. And what are we doing to our bodies? And is God pleased with that? You know, it's not only, like I said, that this nation is sick spiritually, it's sick physically as well, and there's a reason for that. You know, if I can jump in, uh, jumping on what, uh, what you said, there was a, there was a time, uh, going back to our, our theme of, of where were we and where are we going and where are we now, there was a time when, when there were crises in this country that, that people would cry out to God even in in a organizational way you know when we look at the early settlers uh in the the pilgrims early on just several years after they landed they had a huge drought they had a this crisis they were months without rain in the growing season what did they do they fasted they prayed they asked for god to deliver them now you know again as we've talked about um, they they obeyed they obeyed God and to the degree they understood him, but they cried out to him. Abraham Lincoln also called for a day of of national humiliation and prayer during the Civil War. Can you imagine that happening today, where <laughs> a, a, our national leader would actually ask our population to fast, to, to humble pray, themselves, to really? humble ourselves? I mean, it, it's unthinkable. And yet, that's really what what's required. And we, you know, uh, Jim, you're talking about <clears throat> people taking care of their health individually. And you know, uh, Rod, you've been talking about uh, you know our, our leadership asking us to humble ourselves. And I want to kind of I want to introduce uh, a, a a point, a data point, and then talk about this at the the, the nationwide level from the national perspective. As you were mentioning, if, if I don't, if I don't, there's certain, you know, God has a way he wants us to live. There are laws. God wants us to not commit adultery, not steal. He want, there's certain things, he, and it's for our benefit. Here's a, a statistic, and, you know, would the founding fathers have, have permitted this or allowed this or been happy with it? I, I know that there have always been people, people who have sinned, right? But nationally. Okay, number of U.S. adults cohabitating continues to rise, especially among those 50 and older. Well, that's really... Interesting, but those 50 or as marriage rates have fallen, the number of U.S. adults in cohabitating relationships has continued to climb, reaching about 18 million in 2016. This is up 29 percent since 2007. Uh, skipping a little bit, roughly half of cohabitators, those living with an unmarried partner, are younger than 35. Uh, a little bit further in the article, 
Since 2007, the number of cohabitating adults aged 50 and older grew by 75%. Okay, before I turn it over to you guys, you gentlemen, um, <clears throat> another um, different news article. Uh, the, this is the, 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 the title here was interesting, the non-issue of gay marriage. Remember, it used to be the issue of gay marriage. Now it's the non-issue of gay marriage. This is U.S. News. Same-sex marriage, once central to America's cultural wars and a defining topic in the 2004 presidential campaign, has largely become a non-issue in the courts of both law and public opinion. Basically, nobody cares anymore, right? So uh, one more note or from the article. This is a U.S. News and World Report article. The, as LGBT activists and their supporters celebrated the second anniversary Monday of the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to make uh, same-sex marriage the law of the land, the Pew Research Center reported that public support for opinion for gay marriage is at an all-time high. Uh, you know, we don't want to focus in on one particular sin. Sin is sin. But here you've got cohabitation. What does the Bible call that? Then you have, you know, gay marriage, homosexual marriage. Uh, how does the Bible look at that? I want, and, I want to, and I want to draw that back to the national health, you know, symbolically speaking. Because you made a good point. If, if I've got a health problem and I, and I don't eat right, uh, you know, I, I, need to, I need to fix their certain laws. They're, they're physical, natural, biological laws. They're health laws. But as a nation, so <clears throat> comments on, um, on, on that from a national perspective. <clears throat> well, you know, when we look at back in Second Chronicles uh, chapter 6, at the dedication of the temple, when Solomon was praying and he had, he had uh, had the temple built uh, where God would dwell, and it was a, it was a fantastic uh, celebration at that time. One of the things that he said in his prayer was, When your people sin and when they cry out to you, and that he was beseeching God to hear them. But what's interesting in that one portion of Scripture is he says, as a people when they crowd to you, or if as individuals that they, they humble themselves and they cry out to you, and you see in their heart. You know, we, we need a, a national uh, repentance, but if that's not going to happen and it's probably not going to happen, we clearly still have the opportunity to repent individually. And that's really what, what the, uh, the challenge is for all of us. Um, whether as a society we, we absolutely need it, and that's the only uh, solution to survive uh, and, and not have some of the bad things that are going to come upon us, uh, but we certainly can respond individually even if we don't respond as a nation. Well, you know, when you think about the direction this nation has gone when it comes to its attitudes about marriage, I've seen it in my lifetime, you know, very drastically change. There was a time when not being married was kind of iffy. You know, you go back long before me into the 40s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and fornication and adultery was huge. Now, it wasn't quite so huge when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s, but it was still considered not a good thing. Today, it is the norm, and nobody cares. What's the big deal? You know, fornication and adultery are a part of life. You, you read the stats there on, on uh, you know, how many people are living together. Uh, the good news is divorce rates are down. The bad news is they're not able to be divorced because they're not married. They're just living together. And mm -hmm. 
to God, that's a sin. And it doesn't matter if you're living together as a husband and a husband in a gay marriage or a man and a, or a man and a, and a unmarried wife in a heterosexual union. Neither one of them is right. They're both sins in God's eyes. The penalty is the same regardless. So the reality is our country doesn't get it. They have been, their minds have been seared. And as we read in Revelation, Satan has deceived the whole world. And when you try to talk to people about this, they just look at you like, what's, what's your problem? What's the big deal? And that's because they're deceived. And people that are deceived don't know it or they wouldn't be deceived. Right, right. You know, I'd just like to add one thing to what he said and, and what you said. <clears throat> Isn't it interesting that the, the, this huge percentage of people who are over 50 are the ones who are cohabiting that, and, and, and that's the growth that we're seeing. Sometimes we can put millennials down. Sometimes we can, we can bemoan the fact that millennials, they're not interested in, in religion, they're not interested in going to church anymore. What kind of example are they being set by their parents, by the older generation? by those who should be should know better. And I think it's just interesting that we uh, are seeing this in not just not the 20s and 30s and 25 and 18 year olds, but we're actually seeing it among people who, who know better and they're setting that example. We have some great comments on Facebook. I want to uh, say hello to some people and also maybe touch on a couple questions that have come in on Facebook. But uh, as is usually the case, we have uh, people from South Africa, California, Texas, uh, all around. So welcome to everybody on Facebook. Please share the, uh, the link. Uh, we're, we just have a few more minutes to go in the show. Uh, so thank you all for your questions. Uh, w one person was asking about uh, marijuana. I always love it when that comes up. And, and uh, you know, it's probably an, an honest question, but uh, they were basically asking, well, you know, God made it, and God said everything is good uh, in the garden. So, you know, um, you know why not? And, and there are, you know, um, I'm not going to short show, are there, are there certain uh, situations where different uh, plants and minerals and chemicals can be used for good and for bad? You know, we understand that. But God also created uh, deadly nightshade and hemlock and castor bean and oleander. And uh, don't take those. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't take those. Uh, you want to die an excruciating, convulsing, painful death. So, you know, um, so there, there's... You know, I'm not trying to beat up on marijuana. I want to use that to, to segue into, a, in, into the drug, you know, the bigger drugs um, conversation just for a moment. Uh, what's that scripture in, in Revelation, chapter 9, verse 21, where it says that they've not repented of their murders, nor their sorceries, nor their fornication, nor their thefts? And the word their sorcery is pharmakeia, which can be interpreted as, as drugs. You know, that we have a society and a nation that's, that's drug addicted, that's fornicating. We just went through those stats. And again, uh, did the founding fathers, going back to that as the threat, did some of the founding fathers uh, smoke marijuana? Yeah, mm -hmm, they, yep, some of them did. You know? But as a society, did we have this percentage of out-of-child, out-of-marriage, out-of-wedlock children, homosexuality, and so forth? Um, so I guess, yeah. you know, as we start to bring the, the show to a close, I'm not wrapping up the second. I guess the question is, you know, cause and effect. 
um, we believe that Jesus Christ is going to return. And if we didn't believe that, it would be, you know, it'd be, it'd, it'd be pretty depressing, right? Mm -hmm. But I guess uh, the, the last question is regarding the moral decay in the United States. Um, is there a way, and this is actually coming on Facebook, for us to turn it around uh, humanly? Because a couple people said, well, Trump's president, he's more conservative. And, you know, is there a way for us to turn this around humanly? Do, any of you, do either of you gentlemen see us turning society around, getting back to more conservative, Christian roots, uh, humanly? No, I don't. Um, it, 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 this is Satan's world. He's the god of this world. He's in charge, and he's not going to quit and give up and say, oh, okay, you know, go, go back to your God. Um, people want to have fun. That's why we have recreational drugs, as they call them. They're for fun. Recreate with them. You know, smoke some pot, get high, have a good time. And what's the big deal? You know, any more than they th don't think that it's a big deal to get drunk. Well, you know, without getting into all the medical, you know, things that, that follow up with, you know, drunkenness and, and being high and smoking pot a lot, uh, there's a lot of, you know, physiological damage that that does to the body. But, you know, once again, is, is this nation, is this world going to turn back to God as a whole? I don't see that happening. We have a nation that is doing and going as fast as they can in the opposite direction. <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, if we had, if the, if the head was still healthy, then you've got a chance that it might turn around. Like we see in, in Scripture, we see many examples where a leader was focused on God and was humble and was obedient to God and was able to mount a, a, a sort of a revival, a, a, a renewal, but... But clearly, without that, um, that, that's the direction of the country. And we don't see leaders, you know, Isaiah talks about the whole heart is, is sick and the head faint, uh, or, or vice versa. Um, and we, God does not, um, we, we don't have leaders that are truly humble and truly obeying God today. So that's the direction we're going. So what can, some, what can people out there do? If the Bible's been taken out of schools and... Um... Uh, acceptance of everything from uh, homosexuality or homosexual marriage to um, to out of wedlock uh, um, uh, births out of wedlock to uh, you know uh, uh, cohabitation abortion we didn't talk about abortion very much today but if if that's where society is then what can uh, what can Christians do uh, if they are concerned about the direction society is going. The wrong thing to do is to throw up our hands and, and feel like it doesn't matter what we do. You know, we're going to eat, drink, and be merry. We're all going to die anyway. That's, that's the wrong thing. Uh, the thing we, we must do is get right with God ourselves and be a part of this work that, that we're a part of to, uh, to help get that message out. There are answers. There is a solution. It's God's solution. It's not our solution. We can't just come up with a political slogan or a, or a, you know, a, a something that is going to uh, turn the tide politically. It's really going to be Christ's return. But here and now, we've got to get our house in order, and God shows us the, the method to do it in, in His Word. You asked the question, what, you know, what can they do? And 
I say they can do anything they want. They can go out and proselytize and they can go out and have, you know, food drives and feed the poor and all that kind of thing. But what does God tell us to do? What should they do? You know, in Acts chapter 2, God gave his Holy Spirit. That was the beginning of the church of God that has continued on to this day. And in verse 38, after Peter had given that very powerful sermon, it says that they were cut to the heart and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? They were, they were appalled at themselves and what they had done, that they had killed the Christ. And what did he say to them? He said, repent and be baptized. Repent. What should you do? Repent. And the word repent simply means change. Change and follow God and obey God and his commandments. And if you do that, you'll have it made. I think that's a great, uh, great place to wrap. So thank you all for, for joining us out there um, on, on the internet, Facebook. Uh, we do appreciate uh, Mr. Jim Meredith and Mr. Rob McNair spending thank some you. time with us today. And so we do look forward to talking to you again uh, next week. So join us at 3 o'clock next week where we will continue to look at today's news in light of the Bible. We'll see you next week, 3 o'clock.